Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts, God. This is free land education. It's hard to find out there. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant, broker, owner, land pro, real estate, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, who's also my partner, along with Abby uh, Hazel, the three of us. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I'm good. I hope you are. I'm doing great. we got a great guest today, Teresa. We're going to have some fun. All right. Hey, our new office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We serve all your real estate needs in western Piedmont, North Carolina, and southern Virginia. Just give us a shout. We'll be glad to help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. Our national website is www.rliland.com. That's RLI for Realtors Land Institute, land.com. Now, we are over 2,000 members strong. Our organization's been around probably 70, 75, 78 years. Our designation is accredited land consultant, and we're just going over 600 nationwide. But the reason I want you to know this is if you're planning to invest in land or farms or sell land or farms, go to this website, find one of our members, or try to find an ALC that's in your market area because we know how to play the game. We're the most educated land uh, realtors in the country. So uh, take my advice. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com, buying or selling land. LandHub is the place to be. And AcreValue.com, if you want to know who owns that field down the road or what it sold for last year, the best place to research land, and it's all free, try AcreValue.com. Hey, our guest this morning, Teresa's Rodney Canterbury. Rodney, welcome. Hey, thank you, guys. Where are you calling from? Calling from uh, McAllister, Oklahoma, southeastern quarter. Southeastern quarter, wow. Born and raised in a cattle ranch. I understand farm and ranch properties. I've been in Colorado for most of my life and did a life change move to McAllister, Oklahoma, and have a small ranch. I enjoy my career in farm and ranch and real estate and put 100% of, of my, into for my clients. You're also a graduate of Colorado Mountain College. What was your degree in? I actually have a law enforcement degree. Really? I do. I have a law enforcement degree, and then I have a uh, ranching degree, so the ranch manager. That's quite a com- that's quite a combination. So you can rest, you can arrest cows and and deer and all that kind of stuff. Keeps me on my toes. It keeps me running fast that way. <laughs> did you ever serve as a as a as, as a law enforcer? I did not. I actually ended up as a bail bondsman for a while. And did a little bit of my own uh, uh, bounty hunting, I guess you'd say, uh, chasing down people who didn't show up to court. So I enjoyed that, and I did a little bit of undercover work for State of Colorado. Wow. How long did you do that? Uh, about a year and a half in each. So how long have you been in real estate? I started uh, in real estate doing residential back in 07, and I got into the farm and ranch January of 08. And I've been a member of ROI pretty much the whole time and have made my career at a farm and ranch. What do you think about the Realtors Land Institute? Couldn't ask for a better bunch of people. I've, I'm 100% uh, about ROI. 
with them all the time and throughout the whole United States, wherever I'm always looking for uh, ROI agents to work with in other states. So the statement that I made to our listing audience about if you want to save money or make more money is contact a member of the Realtors Land Institute. Is that a fair statement? 100% fair. We know our stuff, don't we? We do, and it takes a special type of breed for us, too. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're part of ROI and have been working with something, check your ALC, it's, it's something It proves at that point you are you are kind of a special breed to be here with us, you know. It's a big family, isn't it? It is. Yep, good times, too. Can't, can't wait to go to Denver here in March. Teresa and I think Abby, all three of us, are going to try to make the trip. And uh, once you go to one, Teresa, you'll never miss one, right? It's just uh, that, that is for sure. I've already started getting everything arranged ar- uh, around it, so I can. I, that's one I won't miss. Well, we'll see you there. I look forward to that. How far are you, or how far along on on your uh, ALC designation? I have my ALC. I oh, got you it. do have it. I ended up getting it uh, last year. So oh, yeah, I apologize. I I'm sorry. So you're you're one of the precious six hundred plus, right? I am one of the precious. Yep. All right. Well, I'm, I apologize for that because that's that's uh, <laughs> right. Right. No, no, no. I've always for years I've thought about changing my legal name to Lou Jewel ALC. Uh, it's uh, I'm just that proud to be part of our organization and and uh, and the accomplishments. But the education, there's no education. It's this talk show, my four hour CE class for the state of North Carolina introduction land brokerage, and I can't find another state. We had this conversation. Uh, through the interviews, Teresa and I've done over the years around the country, uh, you know, they don't even offer any courses on the subject of land in our real estate industry at any level other than the Realtors Land Institute, our 10 classes, my four-hour show, and Teresa and I's uh, uh, radio talk show, by the way. So, I mean, that's just our industry. So, um, hopefully all this stuff will, will help you guys out there understand what we do and and give you some good information and contacts. Looking forward to some of that. I'd actually like to sit down and talk to you after we get done, maybe talk to you about maybe coming to Oklahoma and doing a little class. Well, I actually had the privilege of teaching the LAM 101. I'm a certified instructor for our base class since it came out in 2003, and I taught in Tulsa back in uh, 2018 for your chapter there. Okay. So, yep. But I'd love to come back because that was one of the best groups I've ever been around. I've been teaching all over the country and over the years, and, uh, boy, I had a great time. Just incredible chapter you've got. Drew Airy and his wife and just a bunch of them. It just, it was, in fact, I even donated part of my, my uh, instructor's fee back to the chapter. So that's how much I thought about it. I'd never done that before. Um, yep, I remember you being here. I appreciate you coming over. Well, let's, let's put it together again. I'd love to come back. We can do that. So you were with Remax, um, and you know, again, land is is a is a is a I don't know what the word is. Uh, it's not out there. It's not supported. But some of the larger uh, franchises, uh, United Country, which I was part of, great company. Um, you know, I, I helped. I don't know that I instigated, but I was part of encouraging them to get involved with RLI, and they have. And now Remax uh, is uh, starting to put together a, uh, a uh, land division. Uh, Keller Williams has one, uh, for example. And uh, so you're spearheading that with a few associates uh, in the industry. Uh, and, of course, your company's Oklahoma Land Division, uh, 
of Remax Advantage. How did that come about, Rod? Uh, so when we came down here, there was not much uh, for land with Remax. You're exactly right. So I mean, there was we there was people to do land, but we just I decided, you know, I'm gonna see if I can't get it pushed up and see if we can get something going. So I started the land division side out of my office here and started checking around, seeing what we could do. Went to meeting with some of the people at the headquarters, and by the time we got done, there was enough. We started getting a little bit of uh, interest in it, so I had uh, they let me have one of the global people and to go to the uh, RLI marketing session up in Denver yesterday or uh, last year. At that point, he realized there was enough uh, interest in land that maybe we ought to be part of it. At that point, it's really we took off leaps and bounds, and we're starting to get them. a lot of a lot of stuff going. It's been a, I've met people from different countries and everything now. I think more and more people are getting interested in land, though. I'm noticing kind of a movement towards it. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Uh, we actually we had uh, five of us on a panel out in Tucson not too long ago for Remax, and uh, it was really interesting. Out of about, uh, I guess there's about a 200 of us, and it was pretty interesting. When we got done, it was. It was like a zoo. Everybody came and talked to us about the land and how it was and what was going on and different things, and even people from other countries. And I have, you know, not being from any other country, it's hard to answer questions like that, but it's, it's interesting to hear how they do things, too, compared to what we do. So it's been a really interesting time for me. The learning I've had to learn just dealing with other countries, Australia, um, I mean, Turkey, there's been, I've had people from all over. Isn't that great? You know, we, uh, and I, in my, uh, both of my classes, I uh, uh, initially start out with our, uh, our uh, code of ethics <clears throat> and, um, you know, our charge under all is the land and so on. And we're, our job is to support the growth of land and, gr and industries and so on at all levels. But uh, one of the paragraphs in Article 11, and we're, I think we're the, our code of ethics is over 100 years old, Rod. If I believe, and um, uh, we're, I think, the second oldest organization established in the United States that actually self-policing. Uh, we police ourselves. Uh, we have uh, grievance committees and so on. But our Code of Ethics, Article 11, uh, and I'll just paraphrase, but it basically says a realtor should not be involved in any transaction that they do not have proper training or education. And then it has a litany of things like residential property management, commercial real estate, appraisal, international real estate, but it never had the four-letter word land in it. And I'm going to be braggadocious. I started that back in 2008 with Gloria Bowman. Uh, and, uh, and after taking uh, the, uh, the class, when I got my license in 94, at that time, you took the Code of Ethics, and it was a test. And you passed it. They allowed you to join the National Association of Realtors and your, ML, your local MLS and state association. And uh, somebody messed up out there, national news. And next thing you know, you know, it was uh, we had to take it every four years and then every two years, and I think it's every three years now. But, uh, you know, I'd taken that class, and on the way back to my office, I said, you know, how do we get land? I kept asking uh, when I would go to these conferences, why isn't land in the Code of Ethics as a specialty? And the only thing I heard repetitive is, well, land's under commercial. And I said, well, yeah. Uh, there is commercial land, but what about the rest of it? 
you know, recreational land and transitional land and uh, timber land and, and, and development land, urban land, rural land, farm land, pasture land. And uh, but anyway, that, that started in 2010. Uh, I was out in San Diego at the National Realtors Conference. I actually had taught the Land 101 class uh, as part of it, and uh, and uh, I uh, got a got a notice that the the board of directors, because uh, I'd already left, and uh, they had uh, voted land in as a specialty. But see, the public out there, Rod, uh, they don't they don't know. I mean, if somebody called Teresa up, Teresa, hey, I got a 20-story building, blah blah blah. You want to sell it or I got, uh, I've got a thousand apartments. About uh, manage them for me. That that's a specialty. It's I don't know how to do that stuff. I'm not taught how to do that. I mean, there's there's education that you can go and learn how to do it, and that's what they do. But other than the Realtors Land Institute, we got what 1.6 million realtors in the United States, and we got 20,000 members. Uh, right. Yep. Uh, but anyway, we're getting there. You and me and Teresa. And and all of us, we're, we're pushing towards the goal of helping people, uh, you know, learn about land in any way we can. Well, 20,000 numbers are respectable numbers. Oh, no, it is a respectable I number. Mean, I mean, you know, not 12. everybody is going to be interested in land. No. There's lots of people out there that just love houses, and there's lots of people that love commercial, and then there's the people that, well, I don't know what they love. <laughs> Making money. <laughs> Making money. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's uh, it's a worthy cause. And, uh, you know, I, I dedicate this show. Teresa and I do. Uh, you know, we, we pay for everything. We donate it. And, uh, you know, happy to do it. And hope, hopefully it helps people. Uh, at least that's, that's our goal and our objective. Right, Teresa? Right. Hey, our guest today is Ron Canterbury with Oklahoma Land Division REMAX Advantage. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. What do you want to say about LandHub, Teresa? Selling land, LandHub is the place to be. Absolutely. You like that one? And Acre Value. Uh, hey, if you're looking for values of land, uh, want to know what the next-door neighbor's uh, property's worth, go to AcreValue.com and uh, pull it up, and you will be able to uh, get a lot of information. It's an incredible, incredible site. It's state-of-the-art. And we're happy to have our two sponsors. Well, we've had some interesting things so far to talk about. Let's talk about your listing some. What have you got listed right now that's special and interesting? So I've kind of reached out. I've kind of off the wall. Uh, I had a REMAX luxury agent get a hold of me. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma, as everybody knows. And uh, so I had a luxury agent out of Colorado call me and said, they had some land, uh, land listing up there with a big house on it. Well, I, I'm not used to them big houses. I like the land. But she said that we got about 17,000 square foot home on 317 acres just outside of Denver in Golden, Colorado. So uh, I caught my interest being from Colorado. I thought I'd better go up and see what we had. So by the time it was over with, we have Bear Mountain Ranch listed. Uh, the quizzes, uh, a horse property, plus it's got a big... Uh, 17,000 square foot home on it. The hunting on it's phenomenal. It literally overlooks all of Denver. Uh, it's quite the place. Uh, it sounds like I a hunting lodge. There, and then I got a 1,500 acres down here in Oklahoma that uh, this is hunting property. It borders the national, national wildlife area uh, right along the Canadian River. So it's 
it's been quite the place too. We're getting some showings on it now. Uh, so then we get into uh, I got actually some actually grain mills. One one guy ended up buying needs a little work to get back up and going, but it actually used to be a dog food mill and it was running not too long ago to a active grain mill that they're producing cattle feed out of right now, uh, and it runs every day. Wow, Shadow might be interested in that when it was dog food mill. That's my dog. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's yeah, part, it's she's pretty part neat of the pretty neat little mill. It's in, actually pretty good shape. It wouldn't take much to get it back up and full on full scale to run the run full time. Everything is in there. It just needs a little wiring. Uh, they had a guy get into it and take some of the wiring out of it, so it wouldn't take that much to get it back up and going. Wow. Seventeen thousand square foot house. That sounds more like a hotel. <laughs> For yeah. It's, Somebody's got it's a lot of like kids. like a resort of your own, you know. Yeah. Have a ski, uh, you can walk out your back door and do a little skiing, or you can go down right at the arena. Or I mean, it's, it's actually a really neat place. What's a, what's an asking on that price? Asking price is 24.7. And how many acres was it? 350. 317. 17, 317 yeah. acres. So what's the land worth? We've got properties listed around there. Uh, so there's part of the property list is a 4.99, uh, 4. almost $5 million for the uh, a 35-acre parcel. There's some that sit a little further back. They're priced down a little lower. So you got multiple different parcels. So if somebody's interested, I mean, we can we can show them multiple parcels through there. What, what is that per acre? Uh, Roughly. I'm trying to break it down. But. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what's your average, uh, and that's acreage, what's your average land prices in that area? And down, here, down here, our average land prices, we're running, oh, everywhere from 2500 up to 3500 uh for decent places, you know. Uh, you get up into your bigger ones, we get a little cheaper, uh, and it depends on where they sit. You get up closer to the bigger cities, of course, the price goes up. You sure. get down here where I'm at, the price kind of stays at lower price right now. Uh, just kind of depends on the... On the geography of where you're at in Oklahoma. What's uh, the market doing out there now? Market's doing still pretty good. Uh, we have, uh, we're still turning some land, the housing side of it. You're starting to see things slow down a little bit for everybody. But the land, we're still moving pretty good. Of course, uh, Texas comes up and does a lot of buying for us. Land, our taxes are a lot cheaper up here. So they come up and buy land for their hunting property. So it, it works out pretty good for us. It keeps us busy quite a bit. Being in the business almost 30 years, you know, we go through cycles, and this is the third one that we're into right now. You know, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, what drives it is interest rates. And we had the luxury of uh, no interest for years, and, and, of course, we're, you know, we're getting on up there now. And that definitely has a direct effect on residential. But, you know, what I've observed, Rod and Teresa, over the years is, uh, you know, Land, land for you residential agents out there, and, and I just finished a class with, uh, we filled it up with 46 agents in, uh, in the uh, Winston-Salem and greater area uh, last Wednesday, and uh, I said, why are you in the class? He said, well, if I can't make money uh, selling homes, I want to make money selling land, and that's how I've survived over the years uh, and the down cycles, uh, and I'm sure, yeah. sure, sure you're witnessing the same thing, because there's always someone that's invested in land, and it is an investment. Uh, it's a different. It market. is an investment. 
So, yeah, I cut my teeth in 08. So I started my real estate, started residential in 07, and cut my teeth and everything in 08. And let me tell you, it's a learning experience. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> oh, man. And, yeah, I understand the interest rates. I understand the whole nine yards. So you're exactly right. Land is an investment. People still, they, it, land's always going to go up to, or hold its value. So that's one thing. It's, it's a good investment for people. Supply and demand. But you know, it's a different psychology too. Uh, that uh, that's observable. Uh, you know, a person that's uh, uh, buying or selling a home, there's a lot of emotion. Uh, you know, that's probably their largest asset, and uh, you know all the steps that you have to go through. But a person, a couple that's investing in land, they already have a home. It's either paid for, or they have a mortgage, and they have uh, investment money. And that's why I always use the word land and investments, you know, synonymous. Uh, land is the best investment. Uh, it, it's, it's proven itself uh, throughout history. Uh, so, uh, you know, as the population increases, there's more demand. And, you know, chart-wise, uh, only about 3% of all the total land mass in the United States, at least the lower, the lower 48, only about 3% uh, is urban. And the rest of it is this great, wide open, beautiful, land and trees and waters and, and critters. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's more opportunity for the real estate agent out there, uh, at least it's been my experience. I think Teresa uh, last year did 59 transactions and I did nine and made a considerable amount more money than she did uh, because I, I mostly do land. I mean, I do houses too, but, but uh, that's, that's, that's what's, uh, you know, that's how I make my living as a land expert. I agree with you. That's kind of where I'm at. I uh, I do a lot less than anybody in the office, but I I make as much or more than people in the office too. Well, I just I want to ask you this one thing. I just heard Lou say, and and you, I think you said the same thing that people are transitioning from houses to selling land because the because of the downturn and they're thinking that land is going to be the way to go and that's where they're going to make the money but i'm sitting here looking at something that they that i think maybe you wrote this i'm not sure if you wrote it or if lou wrote it but it says um that you were born and raised on a cattle ranch and that you understand farm and ranch properties and that's important can you explain why it's important that you understand farm and ranch properties because not just anybody can run out there and sell land. So, yeah, I can touch on that uh, really easy. So you start getting into your cattle and start running cattle on your uh, acreage. Well, if you don't understand it, they, you can't just throw 10 head of cows on 10 acres. Uh, in most places, uh, like Colorado, you it takes a lot of acres per cow. Uh, where I was at, everywhere from 75 to 150 acres per cow-calf unit. Uh, down here where I'm at now, we try to run about four acres per cow-calf unit, kind of an average. Uh, depends on where you're at. It can be uh, less than that or it can be higher than that. Uh, so, I mean, if you start overgrazing, your, your ground ain't going to do as good. Uh, you're going to get, uh, your cattle ain't going to do near as good. Your crops are the same thing. If you're putting in wrong crops at the wrong time of year uh, or even they're not running the right fertilizer or taking care of the, the property, right? Keeping your nitrogen up and uh, it'll catch up with you. So it's something that when you're born and raised with it, it comes, comes natural. You kind of catch it. And uh, if not, you're having to learn it, which there's a lot of people out there to learn it. I mean, I know some guys that never been on them except for selling uh, a selling ranch, which 
they do a, a great job and they understand it. Uh, just a little different when you're born and raised with it. So how does that become valuable? Like, um, I'm not exactly sure how to ask this. What makes that a value? Is is it property management? Is it the sales side? What is it? That, what is it that makes it valuable? Uh, both. Uh, so you get people coming in. They're they've wanted a ranch or something. Uh, somebody's going to come in and spend some money to defer some taxes or something. So they sold their parents' uh, or their grandparents' business and made uh, made pretty good money on it. So they're going to go buy that property they never had. Uh, so they buy four or five hundred acres or more, and they're wanting to run some cattle. Well, they depend on you to help them out. Kind of funny how that turns out. We became kind of uh, kind of a manager to help them also because they start learning. So you, you're teaching them as they're going. Uh, if, even if it's into recreational, uh, you know, your even your wildlife requires some management. I mean, that's the reason we have our uh, game wardens and everything that requires management to get where we're at. But uh, so I mean, it's a lot of knowledge, or a lot of very valuable information that you're working with your clients on and to give them the right uh, knowledge, uh, not just somebody walking out and telling them this is what it's going to do. It'll run 500 head when it's only going to run 250. So, Rob, we started the show off talking about the Realtors Land Institute and how we're specialists, and our courses are related to that. You know, we have a timber course, we have an agricultural course, we have a recreational course. These are two-day courses uh, that are tested because it's a designation that you're trying to achieve. Uh, and, uh, but uh, the experience, the experience, that's how we save money for, for uh, buyers, and that's how we help sellers get more money because we understand the conversation you and Teresa just finished about those, it's again, it's a specialty, uh, right? I mean, uh, it is a specialty, and you're exactly right. The Realtors Land Institute does have uh, all the courses. I mean, Land 101, like you teach, uh, that's the introduction. And I, I think everybody who's going to even try to do land or even has a chance to do any land needs to go through that course. Uh, that kind of gets you the idea of what you're doing. That don't give you a hundred percent of what you're doing, but it gets you that idea, get your feet wet, and let you realize, hey, do I want to play in this or do I not want to get into this? Uh, from that point on, it keeps going up. So, I mean, it's it's very interesting how how the classes are and how they're structured. And I, I mean, they're a hundred percent behind agriculture and the cattle world and the recreational world. I mean, you have rec classes and uh, you got your just like I said, timber classes, even you know. And, you know, the instructors are alive. We're mostly uh, members in ALCs. I think 95% uh, of our instructors that teach these classes, like myself, we're all accredited land consultants. So we're, we're self-taught, I guess is where I'm going with that. Right. Yep, yep. So, yeah, and that's, you know, we, at the ALC, that gives you a lot of knowledge once you get all that uh, proven and get your ALC you're proving yourself that you can do it. And so I think it's very important that everybody, you know, it, it's just very knowledgeable information from all of them, from everybody. But the networking is the biggest part of our success, uh, you know, because if I have a client and they're looking for something that I don't have expertise in and a land issue, uh, I'm going to go to the RLI site. I don't know all 2,000 members, <laughs> but that's who I go to. You know, I may call you up. Somebody says, hey, 
you know, I'm looking for a cattle ranch in uh, Colorado. I'm going to say, well, you know, I got a guy that not only grew up on a cattle farm, but he knows everybody and the suppliers and so on. And what ends up sometimes is we co-broke. Can you talk to us a little bit about what co-broking is for our listening audience? Yes, I can. So co-broken is, so I've been, go back to the Bear Mountain Ranch, uh, the luxury agent that had that reached out to me and asked me if I would work with her uh, up there in Colorado to help her market and help her sell, uh, handle the land. She wasn't a land person, she's a house person. So her and me worked together, me being Remax Service Remax, uh, she asked me if I'd work with her. So we teamed up together. And we actually have a compass agent up there also. Uh, we're all working together as a team and working, trying to get it sold. And I think that's very important that we all work together and, and uh, make a team. It's not just one-on-one or one-for-one. It's one-for-all. And we all work together as a team. We're all pretty much family here, you know. And that's one thing I really enjoy about ROI uh, we all reach out and we help each other when we need to help. If we have a question, you can call about anybody out there and we're going to answer our phone. If we don't, we're going to call you back and we're going to help you get that question answered. And uh, so that's one thing I really respect about uh, the ROI community and being part of it. Uh, it's really good and co brokens the same way. I mean, we all work very, very close together. Uh, and I think it's an amazing deal when you start working with these other companies and doing stuff together to help each other out. Absolutely. Our guest today is Rod Catterbury. He's an accredited land consultant. This is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Looking to sell your land? Try LandHub.com. And AcreValue, our sponsor, AcreValue.com, is the only website I need to research land. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, Teresa wanted to follow up a little bit on this, this co-listing aspect of our real estate industry. And it's quite fascinating uh, how that works and why uh, we want to co-list with another agent as opposed to taking the listing ourselves, because you're going to do some type of commission arrangement there. Uh, you know, so you're talking dollars here, you know. And uh, some people are greedy and they, don't, they want it all. They don't want to share but there's certain situations i know uh you know we do the awards at our land conference which is coming up in march and you don't have to be a realtor to join us by the way uh but we're meeting in uh denver for three and a half days and uh we just did uh, uh san antonio texas last march and had over 480 uh, uh as largest attended uh, uh rli conference so far but uh, with members and guests and suppliers like uh, land hub and land get and acre value but uh, i remember uh, we give awards out on uh, alc co-broking and i believe it was one uh, that was instigated in florida with an individual or corporation or group that had multiple properties in multiple states and i think there was over 30 uh, rli members mostly alcs that were part of it and it was like a huge number 300 and 50 billion, million, or it, it's crazy numbers, not million, billion. Uh, but uh, it was where, uh, in this particular scenario, uh, the uh, seller recognized the Realtors Land Institute and their expertise and uh, areas, and uh, they assembled uh, different agents uh, in those uh, areas where the properties were, 
and uh, pull this thing off. Uh, so, I mean, that that's just one experience that I remember. But, uh, you know, what what's your experience with it? You, you mentioned a few, but, you know, why, why would we do this? Uh, one reason I like the co-broken, uh, I actually, I don't know, there are specialties that I'm not, like that's Fair Mountain. I, uh, I don't do a lot of the big fancy houses. I like my land. Uh, so bring somebody in that can, that, does that so Rhonda is actually a uh, she well her and Brittany both with the compass uh, she is they're both uh, very very knowledgeable in the luxury world they sell a lot of the luxury homes uh, and I think it is a huge uh, bonus when you have somebody that can handle the handle what you're not familiar with and so that's one reason uh, Rhonda with Remax had brought me in or took called and talked to me to see if I was interested in it, is I understand the land I am from. I was from Colorado. I moved to Oklahoma. But, uh, so I understand your different hunting units. I understand your different uh, uh, elevations, the whole nine yards, uh, your cattle, uh, the horses. Uh, I still go back. I was born and raised of seven generations in Colorado. So I was one of the oldest families uh, around my area. So it's interesting when you start uh, looking at different things and you understand the area that much. Unlike the houses, I don't understand. I, I mean, I understand the house, but it's, you get into a 17,000-square-foot home, it's a little different house. I mean, it's not yeah, like it's your three-bedroom, two-bath house down the street. It's a whole different marketing system. So with them, too, they actually have luxury on both sides. So they got uh, uh, different advertising that they're going to do to reach out to the different platforms. Uh, unlike me, I have a lot of platforms to reach the, the land the land side of it. So for me to go out and market that on the land side of it, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want that big house. So it works both ways to help us uh, do that. You're exactly right on the money side. At that point, you're having to uh, work that out, divide things out, make everything work. Uh, where everybody's happy. So you, you make that uh, all about teamwork, you know. If you can sell this one, you're going to get another one. So you got to look at the uh, uh, quantity over the quality, or well, I guess quantity over what everybody else, when you got one person working it, they have one one line to follow. Unlike us, we got three or four different uh, paths we can take. Each one of us have our own uh, clients, and we can push it to it's a different string of of uh, knowledge and different strings of clients coming down. I actually have uh, uh, a lot of social media platforms that I run, unlike their stuff. So we don't even, it's, it's just a different a uh, avenue that you can take. Uh, well, and, and, and you're, working, you're working for the seller uh, in this case, um, and they're expecting when they contact a realtor in our industry, that they know what they're doing. Yeah. The public doesn't know that we, you know, that uh, there's specialties out there, and different people have different expertise. And you get into some of these complicated farms and ranches, you know, with multiple buildings and multiple products and, you know, hunting leases and timber values and water rights and, and uh, you know, it, it you know, uh, they're expecting you to know what you're doing and to guide them. And, uh, you know, that's where this co-broking, Teresa, 
uh, you know, to answer your question, uh, that's why it's important. Now, I've been doing this 30 years. Um, I, when I got my Virginia license, I got a call from a, uh, a master chef at the Marriott in Washington, D.C., and uh, he had inherited, he sourced me through something, I'm not real sure, but uh, he had inherited a, uh, a little over 100 acres on the Shenandoah River. Uh, which was actually five hours and 43 minutes from where I lived to the property. And, uh, and uh, I took on the assignment, but I found, actually, uh, I can't remember her name now, but she was the uh, chapter president of the Virginia uh, RLI Association, and uh, she actually drove by this property uh, going into work and, and wasn't familiar with the specific property, but once I told her, she knew exactly where it was, so... I drove up, uh, me and my daughter drove up to, to the, met her at the courthouse to do her, you know, title work and due diligence uh, part of it, and, um, and uh, so we decided to co-list it, and uh, so uh, she ended up selling it, uh, but, uh, you know, that was one of my experiences with, with you know, co-listing. It was, it was a cattle farm, uh, too, so uh, I didn't know anything about cattle, and she'd sold quite a few of them in the area. So you uh, and that's right. I mean, it's it's very interesting, you know. Uh, you get into some stuff that I mean, like me, if I had to step into an apartment building or uh, strip malls, I would be reaching out to somebody else. I mean, that is so. I don't. I don't. I don't even know where to start with one of them. Uh, so I, I respect you know, the commercial people that actually run that. I mean, that them guys, uh, just like I was saying at one of the conferences. Uh, most of them, uh, most of the commercial people sell by the square inch, I, or the square foot, and I sell by the acres. Right. Uh, it's a big difference. Uh, and they have, so they, and they have CCIM, which is the uh, organization like RLI, uh, where they have their class. In fact, it's uh, probably, I would say, probably the hardest designation to get in our industry is that CCIM designation. And by the way, if I can interrupt on this, Rod. Uh, several years ago, uh, uh, we uh, got together with CCIM, and uh, we uh, we allowed a CCIM, if they had that designation, to uh, to take the uh, RLI ALC courses. But uh, instead of six six courses, three required and three elective out of the ten, uh, uh, they were allowed to take just three of our classes. Last year, uh, we flipped the coin. And, uh, and uh, the uh, CCIM said if you're an ALC, Teresa, you can now get the designation and take less courses if you're an accredited land consultant. So, uh, you know, it, it's the, our industry is starting to, to uh, work together. The fingers are uh, clasping and the hands are being shook. And, you know, this is all positive and good stuff. And who benefits is the public, uh, the uh, buyers and sellers out there. Uh, I mean, this is what this is all about. Yes, and, and like you say, the CCIM, I mean, that's one of the hardest. I don't know which one is the hardest, the ALC or the CCIM. Uh, they're both really, they're both hard to, I mean, they're both, you get a designation in either one, you ought to be super proud. And if you get them both, man, you're, that's amazing. I mean, that's, I think that's great. Uh but yes, we are starting to work together. You're starting to see more of us uh, back and forth, and and I really and I love that uh, we're starting to be able to use our designation 
and, or using our classes to be able to help out on each side. I think that's great. Right. We've, uh, we, we've also a great deal. And, we've also opened up uh, RLI for uh, for uh, uh, licensed, uh, certified uh, vocations like appraisers, like foresters, uh, uh, other uh, professional vocations that they can also get their ALC on the fast track. So we're, we're making the efforts. We're getting there. Teresa, have we yeah. got, gotten you answered now? Well, yeah, except for there is one part. Like, what's, like on a typical day, Rod, do you have your own listings or do you work on a team? No, I have my own listings. I okay. am a single agent. Uh, so I do, he is the team. Okay, I you have, are the team. I think I have total of... No, I got about 26 listings right now. I got 26 listings. Uh, I have two this co two this co broke. Everything else is my personal listing. Okay. So co broking is not. It's just when necessary. Right. Okay. What is the assignment? Yeah. What is the assignment? Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit because it's kind of interesting times, especially out west. Uh, with the, you know we've had the fires out there for years and, but now we've had uh, La Nina. Uh, I understand for uh, two years in a row, which is very unusual, and what that has created is a lot of drought, uh, and and uh, west of the Mississippi, and uh, so how how is that affecting your market out there, Ron? So this year, uh, sadly, say we uh, Oklahoma got really dry down in this area. Uh, there's a lot of people out to sell cattle. Hay is the highest a lot of people's ever seen it. Uh, we usually buy hay for $35 to $50 a bale uh, for round bales. And this year, uh, you're seeing hay up there $100 plus. Uh, you can find some that's shipped in here. you got to pay shipping, but you're finding some that's down there around $75. Uh, so it's, it's uh, really made a hard time on a lot of people. Uh, if they did have pasture, some of them was running out of water. The ponds went dry. So on the or they was getting stuck in the mud. Then cattle get out there trying to get in the water, and uh, we have another agent here in our office. He's had to spend a couple of days trying to get cattle out of the mud, get them drug out, and so they're not they don't get trapped and, Teresa, and that's a good die job out for there you. in the mud. So it's been a tough uh, tough year on everybody here. So with this with that happening, I look for the cattle prices next year. You know, the cattle everybody had to go to the market this year with them. So next year. We thought your beef prices was high this year. I'm scared to see what they're going to be like next year. I mean, we've had to sell the cattle for dirt cheap this year, and next year they're not going to have near many cattle, so it might be, might be top of the market for people who do have cattle. Wow. And that's not just cattle. Uh, that's sheep. That's, uh, you know, pork. That's, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's affecting. Yeah, that's all, that's all of the industry and uh, any, any livestock industry. Uh, you know, it takes, you got to have grass, you got to have water. They're just, they're, that's what they require. You know, and then you've got the fertilizers and the uh, nitrogen and, and uh, you know, the, the, the uh, diesel fuel for the equipment. And it's it's really all adding up. And one of my understandings in the show, Teresa, I did, I can't remember when, but my impression of it, uh, part of it was that, uh, that uh, what's going on in the agricultural and animal market this year uh, really won't affect it, it it takes about a year for that to cycle either up or down is that your understanding too ron the price yeah, today see, i think next yeah. year we're going to see even more of a hike on things i mean 
our, you got to figure our diesel prices this year has been phenomenal, uh, including our, I mean, you look at our fertilizer. I usually do fertilizer every year. This year I did not, I mean, there's a lot of us around here that did not run any fertilizer just because it was so high. Right. Um, it's hard to make a profit when you're putting it all up behind the tractor or in the tractor. How is that, in your opinion, uh, affecting uh, land prices in the future, in your opinion? I think, my personal opinion, I think we're going to think we're gonna hit a little low here. And I think, you know, we're going to, if you kind of watch the trend, everything kind of goes, uh, I think we're going to be slow for a little bit. And I think it's going to come back. And when it comes back, I think it's gonna, we're going to be busier as land guys. We're going to be busier than what we was before. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm hearing. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I don't know exactly when it'll happen. If it could be next year, or it could be two years, or it could be six years. I don't know when that's going to happen. But I look for to I look for our land to come back when it does come back. I look for everything to get, be busier than what it was. I'm not familiar with the Oklahoma area. Let's say on Oklahoma. What what are your major crops and what are your major uh, animal uh, industries? Uh, cattle is. Cattle is a big industry, especially down here where I'm at. Our crops is we do mostly uh, down here where I'm around. We cut our uh, pastures, so most of it's Bermuda grass. Uh, we don't have a lot of protein in our grasses down here because of the uh, because we get so much rain. Our average rainfall down here where I'm at is about 43 to 44 inches. Uh, so we get a lot of uh, wash out in our grass, so we don't have a lot of proteins. We run protein tubs for our cattle, but uh, that is our, our our hay that we've put up for our cattle. You know, right. you get a little further further west, you get into some of the wheat fields and stuff like that. Uh, Milo, you get into different things up that way. But all of that's really been affected. You know, Teresa, back in the nineties, uh, uh, you know, the East Coast was hit. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, and a drought situation. Wells, wells were running dry, and, and I assume that's the same thing out there too. You're getting a lot of uh, of wells uh, drying up too, aren't you? Yeah, we've had a, this. We've been some of the wells dried up, ponds dried up. Uh, they actually came on the news oh not too long ago and said we were actually drier now than what we was in the Dust Bowl. It was on the news, and I was like, man, that. You know that's dry when they when they start saying yeah, that. I would say it's parching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I was kind of dumbfounded because I I've seen pictures of the Dust Bowl. My grandmother uh, actually moved from Western Oklahoma to Colorado. Uh, she actually lived in Guyman, and so she I've seen pictures of what the Dust Bowl was back then. And so I, it's hard for me to understand why it was drier than that because I've seen the pictures. But I guess Western Oklahoma, Oklahoma, uh, Eastern Oklahoma, there's quite a bit of difference, but. It's dry out there anyhow, but yeah. so there's a big difference. But it's interesting. But our farming, our farming has changed uh, in terms of you know that that's pretty much been eradicated over the years. Uh, you know, with the with the tilling and the, and the crop, the cover crops, and uh, you know irrigation and so on out there. Are, yeah. Are water rights part of your market out there? Water rights? That's we don't have that on the east coast. You know, you get back up on the western side, you see your wells and stuff like that. Over here where I'm at, uh, for most of the time, we do not have any water rights. Uh, you'll see once in a while you'll pick up a pond or you'll have a pumping permit out of one of the rivers. But for actual water rights, you do not see that over here. Okay. I, I expect it to be coming, though. <laughs> 
yes, I expect that to come. I mean, especially as things get drier, people don't realize. I've always said water was gold, and coming from Colorado, that gold ain't worth as much as what the water is in Colorado. Sure. That, uh, that, that water is worth a lot of money in Colorado now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Are you seeing much um, uh, out there in the wind and solar? Because that's hot. And then, of course, carbon credits. Uh, you know, that's something uh, we're going to involve with Landgate. Uh, it's doing a super job identifying uh, buyers and sellers. They've actually put uh, those two uh, together uh, in their uh, website formats. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, you're seeing much wind and solar out there? Is that increasing? We are. Yeah, so actually right around here where we're at, they got, uh, there's some guys in here right now, and I'm not sure which company it is, but they're looking for the uh, uh, wind right now uh, to put some big windmills. You get it up on the western side of Oklahoma City, there's towers. There's the big towers everywhere, the wind towers or windmills. Uh, solar is starting to become more of a thing. You're starting to see, I know it's not too far from here, they're looking at uh, putting in about a oh, about a 400 acre solar farm. So I've, I'm starting to see that coming in. Uh, it's been pretty interesting, kind of watching how that is uh, how that's working. It's, Oklahoma's been pretty tight on a lot of it to or pretty tight on the solar right now. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. We'll see how the how the state lets that happen here. I guess, uh, but I'm not sure why. But they're really kind of watching that. And then carbon credits, that's something Teresa and, and um, Abby and I are very interested in, and that's why we got involved with, you know, because we've interviewed on our radio show. Uh, we, try to, we try to bring to our listening audience all the new technologies, don't we, Teresa? Yeah. And uh, that's one we've, uh, we've signed up with. And, of course, Acre Value, uh, incredible. And then Land Hub, what Kevin's doing out there with the social media aspect that the other land websites aren't doing he's adding that too and does a hell of a job with it and i think that's kind of the future in that but um uh, you know we did some shows uh, yeah we did some yeah i think uh i think the uh carbon credits down here is something that we're just now starting to see really a push for it uh i haven't even heard of anybody doing any of them down here yet uh, I, I kind of talked to Dan Murphy quite a bit about him. Uh, also, Scott Oliver, I talked to him quite a little bit. So right. it's been interesting. Uh, I'm anxious to see how that fires up down here. I just have not, you just don't see much of that down here yet. So I'm anxious to see where we go with that. I remember two or three years ago, I uh, did a couple of series on uh, carbon. And like I mentioned, uh, uh, Dr. Ackville, uh, an ecologist up in, up, up in the, Upper upper area, I can't remember Missouri or Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin, but we did a couple shows, and he brought one of the uh, professors at Duke University, uh, who's been involved in uh, wetlands. In fact, they uh, uh, named they built a new building several years ago, and and named it after him. He's got quite a reputation, but uh, they were actually <coughs> rehabilitating uh, ten thousand or thirty thousand acre farm down in the eastern part of North Carolina that uh, was uh, prevalent in peat moss. And what they were doing was doing street stream restoration because it needs a lot of water that uh, the farmers over the years had, you know, moved the, the water courses because they needed, they wanted dry land to, <coughs> to do crops on. And 
they that was a big big major multi-million dollar project i guess it's still going on but then we got a company i found a company in <coughs> excuse me in uh, texas and one of them was a phd from rice university and the other one was a, a foreign entrepreneur and they had put together one of the first uh, trading carbon trading companies that could be certified and the uh, the reason they were able to put that together was uh, that they had uh, internationally finally agreed on a monitoring uh, device uh, that was put on the land and I think it was a five-year I can't remember it seems to me it was like a five-year process that could monitor how much carbon was being retained in the soil versus how much was leaving and then that's how they were basing the carbon credits and since that was certified it kind of opened up that industry which I thought was interesting and then we had and then we had uh, uh, another group that uh, was doing uh, tree farms uh, carbon uh, you know in the east part of uh, eastern part of the country uh, we're big in timber uh, especially the pines on the east coast and stuff but for example a uh, loblolly or white pine uh, plantation or stand uh, you know normally it's harvested you know 26 years to 32 years but the carbon credit the way you understood it Teresa maybe you did too was uh, that uh, if you allowed the trees to uh, to go 60 years before you harvest it uh, there were some carbon credits that's available for that because you're not disturbing the soil uh, which is the whole idea of, of retaining uh, the flora uh, is uh, and, and the soils is, is what uh, stores the carbon. So um, it, it's it's uh, it's getting bigger and bigger, I think. But uh, with just maybe a minute or two left, uh, what else would you like to bring to the table, Rod? You've been a great guest today. Well, I just want to thank you guys for having me on here and uh, supporting the Realtors Land Institute like you do and. And I think it's great. I, I enjoy this. And it's good information. Uh, a lot of knowledge on here that you guys have, and I, I appreciate all you do. Well, thank you. We still got a couple more minutes, so we'll keep going here. But but um, what 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 um, what wakes you up in the morning? Why do you get up? What gets you going every day? Oh, I tell you, I enjoy my real estate. Uh, I've I've been born and raised on a ranch, and I still have I still run a few cows, so I. I actually uh, run some Red Angus and Wagyu mix, so I it's kind of interesting. I kind of like watching my cows. I can get up and go out on the front porch and have my tea and just enjoy life. Uh, every day is a good day. I figured out when I moved from Colorado down here, you know, life can be gone so fast. It's just kind of crazy. I lost my partner in, in real estate, so it was just kind of crazy. I It can happen in the blink of an eye. So every sure. day is a good day. As long as both feet hit the ground, it is a wonderful day. Yes, every day is a holiday, and every meal is a celebration, I like to say. I'm curious. That's right, and I tell you what, smile all day because it's a good day, you know. Absolutely. I mean, people, I see people, they're all upset and stuff. Man, it's, don't look at it as a bad day. Look at it as a good day. Absolutely. It's a learning experience. So you, I just, I enjoy life. Well, I just have one question. If someone came to you right now, a young person, and they said, should I get into real estate right now, what would you tell them? I would tell them yes, and come on, I'll even help you. I'll, I'll be a little mentor, uh, be a little bit of a mentor. I'm actually getting ready to have a uh, broker that I know, and he is actually I'm actually going to mentor him 
he is a commercial broker and wanting to get into land, and so him and me are going to team up, and I'm actually going to help him try to under try to get into the land a little bit. So I'm actually cool. I enjoy doing that, and I have a couple agents in the office that I've kind of helped get going, and so I enjoy that part of uh, enjoy that. I I it's fun. I I'm pretty passionate about trying to help people get going. I think we're on the same page there because that's what I enjoy about teaching, and I'm not a professional teacher and. Never taught Sunday school, but uh, the, uh, the I learned so much recently, and this show, it's crazy, isn't it, Teresa, uh, what we uncover that, wow, I didn't know this was going on, and, you know, having guests like you today, uh, this morning, Rod, uh, it's uh, it's uh, very special, we're, we're very blessed to uh, have the opportunity, and, and of course, the classes, uh, you know, you get the ones that's experienced uh, 20, 30, 40 years, like I have, and then you get the ones like the class the other day. I always go around and and do it, do it. You know, questions like how many years have you been? One to three, one to five, or whatever it is, and uh, and how much land have you sold uh, or never sold? And kind of get you know, and I, I kind of tailor my classes to my to my audience, but uh, I always like the ones that just starting out, and uh, and I yeah, stay with them. Yeah, it's actually interesting, and it, and it's funny how. Uh, when you get all done, how many people, uh, even the uh, the people with experience, you get done going through things. Oh yeah. And the, the younger people are even. I mean, they answer questions for the for the people with experience. So it's always about uh, the knowledge. I mean, somebody just because I've been in it for fifteen years, don't mean that kid sitting next to me that's been in it for six months hasn't gone into something that's completely opposite of what I've got into. So pay attention absolutely what a great way to end the show rod how'd they get in touch with you buddy all righty my name is rod canterbury and you can get with me on oklahoma land division website uh leave me a message or uh look at some of some the properties we'll see if we can't make a deal sometime i'd love to work with everybody what's your email my email is rod canterbury at remax.net rod canterbury at remax.com what? Dot net. Oh, dot net. Wow. Sort of like yep. let's talk land dot net. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you've been a great guest today, and we'd like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to know, we'd like to know how you like the show. All questions and comments are welcome. This show's for the public, and most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. All of our shows may be found on our master website, www.letstalkland.net.net. We're also be found on Spotify and Podbeam. Teresa, how do they get in touch with you? They can email me at teresa.mylandpro at gmail.com or call me at 336-209-2937. My email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell number is 336-669-1405. Hey, our website is www.mylandpro.com, so you can get in touch with us there. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com, LandHub, Sell Your Land, Land of Your Dreams, and AcreValue, our sponsor this day, the only website I need to research land. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website, go to WKTE1090.com, and also they can download the Simple Radio app. That sounds simple. Yes, it is. Very simple, isn't it right, Teresa? That's right. And they can hear us anywhere in the world.
Anywhere? Anywhere. Wow. How about the universe? Mm, that too, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. And what do we play, Teresa? Happy music. Oh, you want to mm -hmm. be happy? Absolutely. And why is that, Rodney? Why because we only play beach and oldies music. Beach and oldies. The, I love beach and oldies. The music that makes you feel good. It does. Boy, that's some of the best music ever made, I think. Yes, it is. And we've won some nice awards, right? Yes, seven years in a row, being the top uh, beach and oldies radio station on the East Coast there. How about that? And you won a nice award. Yeah, the Reader's Choice Award for uh, Announcer of the Year. Wow, sounds like somebody's calling to congratulate you. That's right. Hey, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Rod?